Spencer again. Intercepted. Mortlock. Goes for the right foot. No, no, no. Whatever you're thinking, Mr. Video Referee, don't you dare take that off him. Stood again. Corey Jane. Swingers on that. There's a problem. Not for Yagi. There's not. He scores. All over the top, Lord Berger. Horatio Fantasia. Oh, Habana. Habana will take it under the post. Very dangerous. We've got very dangerous. Welcome to Gumnut Sports, episode number 15. I don't know. 15. I get confused. I think it's 15. Around about that. It's it's about 13 more than we thought we'd make. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we'll call it episode 15 of Gumnut Sports. We are joined here by Crack Squad Minus One. Jack Spicer, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, Tom, it's great to be back for episode 15, but I am expecting a sex scandal imminently to bring us crashing down. (laughs) I really hope it's not between me and Fisher. (laughs) Mate, what would be scandalous about that? Poor Fisher. (laughs) And of course, Mr. Fisho Fish, the statistical savant. How are you, mate? How are the numbers looking this week? They're they're looking good, but I'm just more dealing with the fact that we're recording this on a Sunday morning rather than Monday night, and it's still bright outside, and I've had coffee and not beer, and I'm struggling to work out what to make of all this. Yes, a scheduling snafu has meant (laughs) that uh, we have uh, had to move our record to Sunday morning, but good news about that, it's finals week, so... You know, we, we, we should be able to cover most areas of sport. We have traded the beers for coffees. Now, what do we think is going to be more beneficial to our chat, being highly caffeinated or being slightly boozed? Well, it's quite, kind of weird because usually I am highly caffeinated while being slightly boozed. <laughs> so uh, the jury is still out on that front. Yeah. I just had a sip of my long black and it tastes fishy. <laughs> I think Fisho has spiked this. Yeah, yeah, sex <laughs> How was that, Sam? Yeah, it was a bit like uh, losing your virginity. Uh, it wasn't uh, very nice, but we got the job done. The breakdown. Ladies and gentlemen, it is getting exciting. We have finals in the NRL. We have finals in the AFL. We have international competition in the rugby union. And also, you know, there's other sports going on as well. But to kick us off, Jack, can you please cover the rugby union for us? Thanks, Tom. And like a dinner with the in-laws, there are no winners this week. <laughs> uh, union news now. Uh, the Wallabies have taken on the uh, Springboks last night and come away with a 23-all draw. Uh, they dominated possession. They dominated the number of runs. They absolutely should have won. But somehow they also should have absolutely lost up the Bocker, have <laughs> fucking cocked it at the last minute, uh, going for the drop goal. Wallabies have then tried to run it out, but uh, to no avail. So thank you to Sam for putting $15 on the draw because you did make that a lot more Shit. palatable. What did he win? 23, uh, 23 to 1. He won $345 off his $15 bet. Thanks. Although he lost every other bet he put on last <laughs> night. So he only net gained of about $70 in the end. <laughs> Uh, other sport, other results news now. Uh, the Argentinians have given the Kiwis a run for their money. They're ahead by a point at half time. That's almost a win for them. Uh, I would call that a win. And they're ahead by seven with half an hour to play. However, unfortunately, they allowed the All Blacks to uh, get a yellow card. So the All Blacks only had 14 men, and everyone knows that the All Blacks play better with 14 mm. men. More space. It, more space, fewer people to pass to. The clarity <laughs> of thinking goes, and also it was Bowden Barrett that got sent off, and he's obviously rubbish well player of the year 2016 and probably 2017 as well. 
so in the end, the All Blacks uh, ran out convincing winners. Um, lots of off-field news this week in the Union. Um, a tree fell in the forest, but unfortunately for the ARU, everyone heard it scream news now. Uh, a sad day indeed. The appeal uh, has been lost. The force have been unceremoniously booted from Super Rugby. Sansa still mismanaging the shit out of it. But a couple of silver linings to come out of this. More blue jumpers in the crowd yes. in Perth. Uh, so the uh, the 6pm game in Perth uh, uh, versus the Bocker. Uh, the the Force supporters showed up in droves wearing their Force jerseys. At least they didn't wear black. <laughs> uh, but also to come out of this, Twiggy Forrest getting involved again and uh, he's setting up his own Rebel Rugby Union competition because he's declared... This is a genuine fact. He's like, the future of rugby union is in Asia because he's like, there's no, genuinely, he's like, there is no one to watch this sport anywhere else in Sansa. So we need to grow the game into Asia where there are many, many people. This is kind of interesting, right? Because he's worth $6 billion. If he decides to throw $100 million, for example, at a program like this, just because he's feeling philanthropic, Incidentally, this is why I want to get rich, so I can literally do this. Uh, <laughs> right, it's just, just play just, just, Monopoly with sport. Exactly, yeah. just fucking putting hotels I'll on buy per. union. Exactly, just buy, just buy the sport of rugby Sim City union. Sports Empire coming soon. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's going to be an expansion pack for Gumnut Sports. Uh, but, um, but, like, uh, this, this is the dream, right? You go, fuck the way rugby's run in this country. I'm going to uh, do this. I actually think it, it like it's a bit fucked, but it's, it it's going to be a, probably a good thing in the long run. Um, because nothing like a bit of competition to make people fuck their shit up. Uh, and I, I would say, though, that has he missed the boat a little bit? Because you know what? Yes, you could expand into Asia. Huge population there. But I think we've seen with the AFL expansion, Rugby League isn't exactly doing wonders in Southeast Asia. Rugby, Rugby Union- League hasn't done wonders anywhere for years. <laughs> yeah. Rugby Union in Australia is struggling. Should he not be focusing on a rebel national comp? Well, there's a really clear kind of uh, positioning for Rugby Union, which is because it's the sport of rich people, it needs to be a reframe. So the up-and-coming aspirational class of Asia goes, I want to play that one. I've thought about this. Uh, so you think it, you think that it could play into Asia's burgeoning middle class? Exactly. Yeah. So anyone can play football, but you need specific equipment to play rugby. <laughs> it's a sport for rich people. Status. Yeah. Finally, it's working for us. What equipment do you need to play rugby? Uh, well, you need an oval-shaped ball as opposed boot, to playing with a fucking orange. Boots in the mouth guard. <laughs> You remember how much the dentist mouth guard costs? The boil and bite always falls out, Tom. <laughs> the shoulder pads, the insurance for your shoulder head. pads. You need to paint the field. You need a fucking crossbar. Like that's hard. You need As to paint to the crossbar. Like, you need a ladder because you can't reach the crossbar. Do you want to know why football is the most widely played sport in the world? It's because you can create the goals using a pair of shoes. Yeah, all right, whatever. But I, can you play? I will eat my own shoes if, in the future, I'm seeing Twiggy Forests. Asian Rugby Union League where you're having the Javanese versus the, you know, lower tip Thailand. I mean, yeah, you're correct. The competition's going to crash and burn. This is the free market at work, Tom. The ARU has a, monop- fail. The ARU has a monopoly on rugby in Australia and it's offering a bad product. He's going to launch another competition, if nothing else, to get the ARU in shape. All right, let's all see how that pans out. Moving <laughs> yeah, on to no, AFL no. now. Now, AFL, boys, it's here. 
September. Mm. Oh, it just sends a shudder down your spine, doesn't it? I can, I can smell the grass. Tom's been rolling in it. September is here. And can I say, the first round of finals, three out of the four games have been stinkers. Uh, yes, the average margin in uh, three of the four games this weekend, the first weekend of finals, was actually 50 points. Yeah, that's bad. Which is a lot of goals. AFL's gone soft. Yeah, of course, There, I'm talking about the Crows destroying the Giants, uh, Richmond destroying the Cats, and, of course, the marvellous Swans absolutely rolling the Dow Industrial Essendon Bombers. Cheer, cheer, the bread and the kite. All right, you're 50% of the way there. We'll work on that, uh, we'll work on that later on. Uh, but then all faith in finals was restored with the last game of the final of this week's finals with... Port Adelaide versus the Eagles in Adelaide. Now, this was always billed as a close affair because whilst the West Coast Eagles could not buy a game in Melbourne to win, yeah. they, for some reason, are very good in Adelaide. They've actually <laughs> yes, won. Unexpectedly. They've won four of their last five at the Adelaide Oval. So... I watched the entirety of this game. It was a fantastic game, really, really hard football, and we had it. We had 60 all at full time. Tom, this game was a disappointment. What? This game was a disappointment. You're wrong. No, I'm not. Let me explain why. I had extremely high hopes going into extra time that we might have an AFL golden point. (laughs) There was no such golden point forthcoming because a goal is worth six points and not four. (laughs) The whole of the AFL, there needs to be an inquiry. It's fucked. Of course, for those of you that uh, weren't watching the game, in the final, you get a draw at full time. The rules are then you play five minutes each ways with no break in the middle, so a 10-minute effectively extra time. And then if it's still deadlocked after that, you then go to a golden point scenario where literally any point matters. Now, I actually love the extra time. I, I, I have not felt a sense <laughs> of excitement. So, so I've not felt a sense of excitement in an AFL game for a very long time. That was probably the closest and most exciting finals game that I, I can think of in, in, uh, in recent memories. Now, it all came to a crushing end where uh, Port Adelaide gave away a free kick within their Ford 50. Uh, yes, Luke Shuey. Uh, what a Luke Shuey was tackled high. It's also Daniel Ricciardo's nickname. <laughs> Luke Shuey tackled high. And, um, of course, that set up a kick for goal after the siren to win the game. And he absolutely slotted it. Mm. Yeah, I know. Came well off the Shuey. It did. Um, Tom, I want to ask, what's your opinion on the penalty? Because the commentators are a bit... So the official rule was a high tackle. The commentators are a bit divided as to whether the arm slipped up or not. The official rule actually says it's not a free. The official rule says it's not a free, but you watch that in real time Mm. and it looks like he's taking his head off. Yes. Like, I think... I was like, oh, it's a free kick. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's a... With the plain eye, it's a free kick every day of the week. You put it through the slow-mo. Yes, he rolled his shoulder up to kind of cause the contact to go high, but there's always going to be a little bit of an element of that. What they really really changed the rule for, they changed the rule at the beginning of the season to stop people dropping right, to mm. dropping their knees effectively to try and initiate the low contact. What he did was more of a shoulder he, shrug. So he was trying to get out of the tackle rather than induce a high tackle. Yes, that's, that, what that, 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 that's what it is. But it has caused this debate, which I think is really interesting. I, I, saw, it on a, um, I saw it on a breakfast sports program this morning. 
Do you think we should look at video refereeing for free kicks in the AFL? I was just going to ask because the AFL has a really natural kind of restart function in in the ball up as opposed to like in union you've got to have a scrum and it's all fucked and even then the scrum has an advantage on yeah exactly as opposed to just like oh sorry we cooked that rule uh we, we cooked that decision why don't we just have it you can have a ball up and it's really simple afl for some reason in spite of having the simplest mechanism doesn't have a system to actually just uh, kick start the game like, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a bit of a slippery slope as in how like when you start doing that, then teams, every time there's a free, it's like, oh, send it upstairs and it's really going to slow the game down. I think that's the biggest argument why you wouldn't bring it in. But you could say for special situations such as the end of extra time in an elimination file with final with a kick after the siren to win it, maybe, yeah, we have a look at that. I think this is bullshit. I think that there should be no video referees in the normal play of game. It would just slow it down too much. AFL's greatest asset is how fast it is. And I think that if you introduce a special refereeing situation to adjudicate free kicks, even in clutch situations, it just completely defeats the purpose of one of the best advantages of AFL, which is fast, free-flowing, trust the umpires. They're not going to get it right all the time, but I think they do get it right probably about... I was about to say 80% of the time. I'm just going to jump in before you there, Fisho, because this is incredibly pertinent. In the Swans game, someone was penalised for a throw when they kicked it. Yeah. The <laughs> AFL umpires are not good. Yeah, I, I, yeah my point I was going to be is I, I completely understand and respect that point of view, Tom. You would have the same, if you're a Port fan, would you have the same feeling? Because keep in mind, DFAT have upgraded the travel warning to Port Adelaide to reconsider your travel <laughs> after last night's game. So would you say, if the Swans had gone out on that kick, would you feel the same? Look, if I was a Port Adelaide fan, I would be a little bit ropeable. But you know who Is I'd be... Is that because you're from Adelaide, though? No, but I'd barrack for Adelaide if that's where the allegiance oh, is like. so middle class. I know. Uh, but... Um, I wouldn't be too upset if I was Port Adelaide because I would be directing a lot of my anger at the team itself. And the 16 behinds, was it? And the 16 yeah, behinds. And as good a game as he played, Charlie Dixon, I think he kicked three, five. He kicked yeah. five behinds, yes. including one crucial he, he had a set, set shot, shot yeah. in extra time. So as much as, you know, as much as you can look at these individual umpiring decisions and go, that turned the game, it... It, it, it's a huge free-flowing game. It's never it's never going to be based on just one decision. Charlie Dixon missing a shot cost them just as much as that free kick, which I think is called a free kick 70% of the time. So, Tom, you're wrong. Now, <sighs> the reason you are wrong is because there is no greater sight or sound than have a decision going to the board. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that is the AFL news for this week. Another huge week of AFL coming up next week. Stay tuned, you mm. gum nutters. Now, rugby league time. <laughs> usually there is a... Uh, usually there's a man to fill that song. Well, usually there's a bridging statement. <laughs> Provided uh, by Joe making a funny noise. <laughs> league news now. Keen listeners will have noticed that I am still not Joe. <laughs> You could try. I can give it a nudge. All right, so I'm going to give you a quick overview of the results. Um, firstly, Melbourne has taken out the Eels 18-16, uh, which was a much closer mm. game than I think anyone was expecting. Now, the biggest news to come out of this was the Fresh Prince 
uh, Will Smith did score a try. <laughs> yes. Uh, and no, not really. Uh, so, uh, Cameron, he, he actually did score a try, but that's not the biggest news. So Cameron Smith, 356 games, the most caps ever in the NRL. Uh, he's been a wonderful player, uh, and we hope that he, uh, uh, we wish him well. Uh, but I reckon the Eels did give Melbourne a significantly bigger run for their money than anyone was kind of expecting. And what's kind of interesting about this is it, it does show the strength of Melbourne as a regular team side, as a, as a regular team side rather than a regular season side, rather, uh, as opposed to a final side. Because I think what we've been saying all along is Melbourne can make the final, but maybe not uh, actually close it out when they get there. Yeah. Uh, because their strength is consistency as opposed to really rising and peaking at the occasion. And also rotting the salary cap. It was fucking so long ago. Let it go. Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) Go and sit over there. Uh, Next, uh, Sydney has knocked off the Broncos 24-22. Valiant comeback from the Broncos. Uh, However, the Bronx got their pants pulled down by Latrell Mitchell. I really wanted to make a, a joke about... Latrine Mitchell, but I just don't know. <laughs> it's almost I, there. Yeah, like they, the Broncos pissed their pants trying to tackle Latrine Mitchell. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> and Penrith, what a turnaround from Penrith. last week, knocking off Manly. Manly last week beat them 22 to nil, and they have knocked off, uh, knocked them off 22 to 10. Biggest story coming out of this is Manly got Manly. Now, yeah. what does that mean? That means that Manly were on the end of a shitty refereeing decision or a controversial refereeing decision. Now, this wasn't quite as bad as the seven tackle set yeah. uh, from a couple of years ago. However, uh, not, uh, well, suck shit, Manly. Um, <laughs> Guys, the biggest news to come out of this week is the woeful fucking turnout. So three games played so far, 21,000 at the Roosters-Broncos, 15,000 Penrith-Manley, 22,000 Storm Eels. Now, for those of you who are good at maths, you'll know that that is less than the total number of people that attended Geelong-Richmond. <laughs> three games. Guys, this is just fucking ridiculous. So what is going on here? In the Broncos versus Sydney, you have the two most successful yeah. clubs of the last 30 years. Headliners. Traditional rivals, foundation club versus don't know why Brisbane didn't have a club there in the first place. Uh, Roosters got knocked out by the Broncos a couple of years ago. What is going on? I've looked at the ticket prices. It's not the ticket prices. Like you can go out to, you can go out to Shark Park this afternoon and you can knock off a non-alcohol seat for 15 bucks. Like it's fucking cheap. Why Why aren't people going? So then I have two theories. One, the cost of a pie is too much. Agree. We've already, the pie index. Everyone knows the pie. It's fucked. Number two, guys, I've come to a conclusion. Yeah. I think AFL might be a better sport to go to the ground for than NRL. You know what? You're onto something here. Mm. You are onto something here. I've been told this many times, which is when you watch the AFL on TV, because the nature of the action is so spread out, you don't get to see what's going on in the background. Where in the league, it doesn't really matter, right? You've just got two lines yeah. and you've got to focus on a play the ball. That's it. And then the cameraman kind of slowly pans lazily exactly. to the left. In the AFL, when you're at, so as a result, the NRL is quite a. It's a good game. It's a good to TV game, yeah. as opposed to the AFL, where yeah, someone's got the ball, but like you can't. Someone kicks the ball, you don't know who's over here. No, yeah. So whereas when you uh, when you're at the ground, you see the players fanning out in all directions. It is a sport that is best experienced live, as opposed to the the NRL in an empty fucking stadium yeah. with a fucking seventeen dollar buy. Best experienced on the couch, yeah. to yeah. be honest. Yeah, I think you're onto something. The other thing I would I would kind of uh, bring into this equation is that there's lots of things to cheer for in the AFL. 
You know what I mean? Like there's no, there's, but continue. No, no, no. Like when I mean, there's lots of things to cheer for. Every tackle, you can yell ball. Like even if it's not, you can go yeah. ball. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Good mark, mark. Like there's so many things to yell. Yes. And what what would you yell at the NRL? Tackle, pass. Yeah, like it's not as Kick. impactful. So, so, so what you're saying is AFL uh, more fans better are more crowd easily, experience, more easily excited. Yes, more easily. I don't excited. think it's more easily excited. I just think there is. I agree yeah. with Tom. I think there is more to cheer for. So we talk about in, in NRL taking the crowd out of the game all the time because in the NRL it is easy to take the crowd out of the game. Whereas in the AFL you've always got something to be fucking to upset about because yeah. you're a bunch of little bitches. But it's very yeah. true. I I go to every Swans game and sit there in the stadiums and I in the stadiums in the stadium yeah. and I um. I enjoy it so much more than TV because you can see that strategic mm. movement of players. And, um, yeah, it's just something you can't get from TV. They would have to have the biggest fisheye lens. The combination of league being a better sport to watch at home. Well, it's not that it's a better sport to watch at home. It's it, it it's not so much better being in the stadium. Exactly. That it is critical that you, you go. be there. Yeah. Is that is that the challenge? Is that is it a is it a is it the nature that instead of building bigger stadiums, we actually need smaller stadiums to build atmosphere so yeah. that you actually want to go? So, like, uh, Shark Park will fill up this afternoon and it'll be a much more enjoyable experience than Small going stadiums. to Allianz. Yeah. That is basically the, uh, the league news this week. Cool. All right, so I'll launch into other sports, and this week it's tale of the good, the bad, and the bully. All right. I like all these thematic other sports sections. The show's that, that he was like, you guys always have a theme, but it's hard with other sports. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I have to, I have to get a narrative. <laughs> Although, what's, I, what's your I, single-minded proposition for show? Come on. I don't know. <laughs> all right, and we'll start with the good. And Nathan Lyon is our new god. Goat. We'll move on. Hey, on goat or god? I said god, but goat. Yeah, he's, he's always been the goat. goat. Wow. He's always been the guy. Yeah. You know, he's taken the most wickets by anyone this year. Like in the world. In the world. Wow, it's great. Yeah, it's yeah. good. He's, better, he's but taken more wickets in fewer games than both the Indian spinners. Yeah. Has he taken more wickets than Shane Warne in a year? No, that's because Shane Warne once took 96 wickets in a year. Wow. Yes. Yeah. That, just so you know, that's a lot and about 20 more than the next biggest. Yeah. Was that pre- 2005. My mum gave me performance-enhancing drugs? Uh, no, that post. was post. Oh, good on him. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Uh, so Lyon claimed 13 in the second test in Chittagong. So to help us level the series 1-1, that gave him 22 wickets overall for the series, which is the second most ever in a two-match series. Uh, David Warner also helped in this match, scoring his slowest ever century to give us a seven-wicket win. <laughs> yeah. That's huge. Yeah, good on good. you, David. That's the real news here. Yeah, that's, <laughs> Everyone was, always knew Nathan Lyon was going to take 50 billion wickets. Yeah. But. So those two shared player of the series honours. There were also strong performances from Peter Hanscom, who won a battle with Heatstroke, Pat Cummins, who won a battle with a very flat pitch, and Matthew Wade, who won a battle with his own wicket-keeping skill. This Ooh. is true. Yeah. Uh, that wraps up the cricket. Any insights <laughs> from you guys there? Um, Chittagong is a funny name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll move on then. <laughs> Sounds like Wollongong, but not. Wollongong. Or Billabong. <laughs> the Chittagong Billabongs. Oh, my God. It's, a new, right. it's the Gum Nut Expansion. <laughs> Gum Nut Expansion cricket team. <laughs> it's the first rugby union team in Tookie Forest Year competition. The, the Chittagong Billabongs. <laughs> Okay, moving on to the bad. And the Socceroos have missed out on a chance to directly qualify for Russia. In a display that a Stormtrooper would be proud of, the Socceroos took 40 shots on goal against Thailand but could only score two goals. 
Uh, this has meant that Saudi Arabia leapfrogged us on uh, goal difference in the qualifying and we now have to beat Syria and then the third place North American qualifier in order to get to Russia. So fairly insipid performance from the soccer is there. Tom, did you watch this one and get bored again or no other insights? Mate, I'm still trying to understand your Stormtrooper reference. They can't Stormtroopers shoot. can't fucking shoot. Oh. They just miss. I usually pride myself on Star Wars jokes. Okay. It would have been better if it was uh, anonymous evil movie henchman. Yes, mm. that's very true. Uh, you see, I went, to, I went to a focus group and they thought Stormtrooper would be better. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Don't get cocky, kid. <laughs> okay, and we'll move on to the bully. So uh, watching the US Open here uh, this year, you'd be forgiven for thinking the ATP and the WTA have sent out a memo to all the players saying, <laughs> look, guys, we want some underdog stories from the US Open this year. So if you're a top 10 player, if you could just screw the pooch sometime <laughs> in the early rounds, that would be dandy. Or just don't even show up. <laughs> or don't even show up. So most of the men's side have withdrawn with back issues. Most uh, in the women's side, it's all gone to plan. So this morning, uh, the 86th ranked player, Sloane Stevens has won the US Open, beating the 15th seed, Madison Keys. It's quite good because she won, uh, she was, earlier this year, she was 975th in the world. Wow. Yeah, she was, so she's coming back from injury this year. She's previously, I think, made one Australian Open semi. So it's a very good uh, performance from her. The men's side, however, Rafael Nadal seems to have missed the memo. Ooh. So on one side of the draw, we've got Kevin Anderson, who's seeded 28, ranked a bit lower because of all the pullouts, making his first ever Grand Slam final, beating the 12th seed in the semi. I can't pronounce that name. It's a Spanish player. I can't pronounce the name, unfortunately, <laughs> so we're going to move on. Um, and all the top 10 players bringing out. On the other side, you have Rafael Nadal just bludgeoning everyone in his path. I think he's lost two sets on the way to the final. Roger Federer's even rolled over in the quarter to Del Potro. So now we have Nadal, who's in the final, and if he wins, he'll become the first uh, male player to win a Grand Slam without playing someone in the top 25. I have a, wow. prop I have yeah. a proposition for you. Although the Federer-Nadal resurgence has been great, this season of tennis has been shit. Yeah. Aside from the Australian Open final, the French Open, Nadal's yep. walk, yep. Federer's not even in it. Djokovic just Djokovic is in the middle of a crisis of confidence because he's been doing too many ANZ ads. Yep. Yep. Uh, the Wimbledon, same deal again. Fed. Murray knocked out early. Federer, who did Federer play in the final? Chilich. 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 Uh, Easy uh, as you he, fucking like. So, uh, so he, he's one of the also-rans. So a few years ago, there was a cock-up at the US Open and both Federer and Djokovic lost their respective semis. So Chilich did win the US Open in 2014. Oh, but, but stroke of luck. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like he, had, he had to beat, he, he beat, beat Fed, but like... Did he beat Fed or Djokovic? He beat one, Nishikori beat the yeah. other. Uh, yeah, but yeah, but anyway, weird. he rolled over in the Wimbledon final. It was embarrassing. And now, we're and now we have fucking, fucking Nadal versus Kevin Anderson, yeah. who just sounds like a Matrix character. Yeah. Except for him, South Africa. Yeah. Um, so if Nadal wins in three sets, which is very likely, then Federer and Nadal will have been the only players to win a set in a Grand Slam final this year wow. on the men's side. That's wow. a good fact. Yeah. Um, um, I think it's interesting because I was about to say it's a bit of a changing of the guard type of year in tennis. Yeah, except it's not. In, in men's tennis at least. But then again, it's not because the, when there has been upsets and people that have made finals and stuff, it's been like randoms that yes. are like have been established tour players for a long yeah. time. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. That ball was on the line. Fisho's fact or fiction? Now, with only two people to decide on what is fact or fiction, 
The stakes are much higher this <laughs> the week. The stakes are much, much higher. So, Fisher, I hope you have a good question for us, mate. Uh, I do. So I was looking. So this is also tennis related, and this goes back to uh, the... Tom just sat back disappointedly. <laughs> he was like, well, it's well, another week get relying on Jack's <laughs> massive ego and uh, over-reliance on shit guesses. Yeah. Um, I would have been more sympathetic, but one of the reasons I'm going to tennis is I realised it about four weeks in the row of the AFL, and then I broke it up by doing a league one once, but that was in the lost tape, so that got cut. <laughs> so I have to, I've had to branch out to other sports for a bit. Um, so I was looking at dominance of men versus dominance of women, particularly with this current year, and I've got a question for you. So fact or fiction, since the open era started, so that's the professional era of tennis in start halfway through 1969, so I've gone from 1970, there have been more years in which a single man has won three or more grand slams in a year and then years in which a single woman has. Oh, that's good. Do you need me to repeat the question? Yeah, yeah, repeat it again. Yeah, slowly. okay, cool, because you never get it the first time. Never. Uh, there's been more years in which uh, the three grand slams three of the four Grand Slams have been won by a man than years in which three of the four Grand Slams have been won by a woman. And you mean like one man or one woman? Yeah, so yeah. like, for instance... Because obviously all four men's Grand Slams are won by men. Yes. <laughs> so, for example, like... Just uh, for the audio <laughs> listeners of this visual podcast, I just gave Tom the biggest fucking eye roll you've ever seen in your life. My eyes went into the back of my head. Oh, boy. All right, let's keep going. I'm going to say... You've saying there's more men than women. I'm saying more years that you've had a dominant man than dominant woman. I'm going to say that that's a fiction. All right. Why? Serena Williams. Okay. Cool. I'm actually going to agree with Tom here. So I know Fisher's always wanted to get us. Yeah. And so I'm going to give him his chance here. Uh, I think that although there's been a couple of years where Federer, um, like Federer has won three kind of at a time, I think that the nature of the men's has been the, – the, the talent has been kind of more evenly more spread. distributed, yeah. Whereas you look at the women's and you've got Margaret Court, Steffi Graf, yeah. Serena Williams. These are There are a lot more people who have won a lot more slams than in the men yeah. over kind of similar time periods. Yeah. So yeah. I would say that, yeah, it's a fiction. All right. And beautifully, you have both gone the same thing. Unfortunately, you are both correct. Yes. <laughs> We've stopped the bamboo. Yes. <laughs> that, means we, that means you have to buy us beer. <laughs> that was never part of the agreement. I've altered the deal. Play that I do not alter it again. Holy shit. Have you actually worked this up on like a statistics program? Yeah. Oh, my God. Fish is so It's, it's, it's just Excel for nerds. Yeah. <laughs> I've, Basically. I've, it's stat plus, yeah? Ah, uh, R, R Studio. Oh, okay. Stat Plus isn't free. R Studio is free. Oh. Okay. Um, so the numbers. So since the open year, so 1969 onwards, uh, there's been 50 years. Um, the, in, there's been 15 years a woman has won three or more, and there's only been 10 years a man has won three or more. There you go. Um, however, if you look at the last 10 years, yeah. there's been six years a man has won three or more, and there's only been one year yeah. a woman's won three or more. 
Um, other fun fact I found looking at this, there's been the same number of unique Grand Slam winners for women in the past four years that there have been for men in the past 11 or 12. Wow. Yes. The women's has been a lot more, I suppose, disparate in yeah. the last little while. It's kind of it, done it role reversal. Like the yeah. big four of women's tennis happened 20 years ago with yeah. Navratilova, Billie Jean King, etc. Like Steffi Graf, Monica Sellis, Martina Hingis, 20 I was years say, ago. Martina, Martina yeah. Hingis would have been another big one. She, she only won three in one year. Oh, really? Yeah, she won six over. She won only five or six overall, and she won three when she was 14 and made the final of the French, and then she only ever won two or three Aussies after that. Talk about peaking early. Yeah. 14, you could barely see over the fucking net. There goes Palmer, who picks it out of bounds on the floor. How could anyone do that? Uncut. Gumnut of the week. Peanut. Hazelnut. Almond. Oh, crap, not nut. Who is the I biggest gumnut of the week? No, but it doesn't have nut in the name. Coconut. Sure. Coconut. <laughs> yes. Go. Who is the biggest gumnut of the week, boys? You decide. Jack, who is your gumnut? Tom, there's been a lot of high emotion post the Western Force getting cut, but I think the greatest emotional and probably overclaim and misstep has come from one Brendan Cannon, who he could have found many, many things to argue with in the forces cutting. He could have argued that this was unconstitutional. He could have argued that this was not Marbo. He could have argued that rugby union needs to get out of its fucking ass on being an eastern suburb sport. But no, the thing that he took exception to was that Cameron Klein, the ARU's chairman, wasn't wearing a suit and tie when he announced <laughs> that the team had been cut. So it was a fashion faux pas. It was like, a fa- the biggest problem with the force being cut was a fashion faux pas. <laughs> this is also coming from Brendan Cannon, who has a very traditional hooker's neck, and so I'm sure he, I don't think he can actually wear a tie anymore. <laughs> that so, is the, literally the dumbest thing to find <laughs> fault with when you've literally killed a sport in a state. Yeah. Is that you could out of the week, Brendan Cannon. You could have at least done the murder in more suitable attire. All right. Uh, uh, I've gone with Nathan Peets, who is the Gold Coast Titans hooker. So now Nathan Peets is hooker centric this week. Yeah, notably not playing this week. So no, what has he done? Yeah. So he's got into a Twitter fight with someone essentially. <laughs> so um, some guy, I'm not sure if he is anyone of important or if he's just a punter. He's a verified tip. guy called Darcy uh, Lusick has tweeted, hopefully Allianz Stadium is packed with Seagulls supporters this Saturday night. Going to be a massive game. Nathan Peets has then tweeted, I'll be there with my Panthers jersey on. Now, keep in mind, Nathan Peets currently does not, nor has he ever played for the Penrith Panthers. Good. Um, But that's not what Darcy's picked up on. Darcy's tweeted back, yeah, well, you don't need your Gold Coast jersey anymore this year, so you may as well. <laughs> so for getting owned by a punter for defending a club you have no allegiance to, I've gone with Nathan Peets. Nice one. Of the week. Nice. Nothing better than a good, like, athlete-centric Twitter battle. I like that. If Nathan Peets does something again, is it Nathan repeats? Oh! Uh, that would be, that's pretty good. Uh, that's very good. I'll pay that. Thank yeah. you. Okay, my governor of the week this week. I don't need week, your approval. <laughs> my governor of the week this week goes to... Our league man in Italy. Now, it takes a special kind of ineptitude to go, hey, I want to go to Europe. All right, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, in September. It's the not on. Best month. 
for sport in this entire country. Here's our league correspondent, Ooh. and he's decided to take a three-week little, you know, road trip and pasta fest. A sojourn. A sojourn, if you will, across the great country of Italy. Mate, I like your intentions, <laughs> but your timing is fucked. <laughs> Come back. I think Come back a- or get on the phone right now before you get a uh, unceremonious booting. <laughs> Put on the res- you go. You're going back to fucking first grade. Yeah, yeah, back to the first grade with you. Just comment on the Facebook page. That's all you're going to be doing for the next Manag- month. You're managing the Instagram. But really, please come back. We really miss you. Miss you. I don't like having to prepare two segments. <laughs> okay, let's vote, boys. Um, I'm going to kick us off. I do like the idea of the poorly dressed murderer, so I'm going uh, Brendan Cannon. <laughs> the poorly dressed murderer. <laughs> I wasn't going to vote for Jack, but the idea of the poorly dressed, <laughs> the poorly dressed union murderer is a great thing, so. Uh, I'm going to also go with Brendan Cannon. It's unanimous. Thank you, Cano, for your <laughs> vote of confidence in the AIU's wait, wait, dress sense. So, hang on, did I talk you out of voting for me? Yeah, your oh, little grip there just made me go, that's funny, it's funny. Oh, fuck. Of course, that is the end of Gumnut Sports for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Join us back here next week where we'll cover the next enthralling round of finals in the AFL and NRL and all other sports in between. Make sure you catch us on Facebook. Tell your friends about us. We're all very nice people. And uh, we'll catch you all next week. We do weddings now. Also, we do weddings. Please let us know. Mm.